What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackham. It is Friday, July 24th. I can almost taste that IPA from later on today right now, but it is maybe a little early to have a beer. Unless you're in an airport. All bets are off there. No rules in an airport. All right, but uh, hey, we're loaded up on the show today. Going to talk some player props with you. I think player props are very useful for a number of reasons. Of course, we can bet on them, but we can also use them for fantasy insights. So we'll break down that five player prop bets for uh, the entire season. So future player prop bets here. We're going to spin them for fantasy as well. And a little bit of news to get to on the NFL front, not just COVID, too. We'll talk some COVID stuff here, but a couple interesting notes about some running backs that we need to know. So I'll get to those in a couple minutes. Before I do, of course, hey, MLB, it's here. It happened last night, and it was, well, it was good. It was rainy in, in one of the games, obviously, but... Tonight is going to be a lot better if you're a baseball person. 11 games on the slate. That is freaking awesome right there. And if you want to get in on some DFS or some betting, we have you covered at ftndaily.com and ftnbets.com. Use the promo code MLB. Get you 25% off. That's a nice deal right there. Savings. And this is a sub, either one of them, that is going to pay for itself in the long haul. Our team... Absolutely lights out on both the DFS and betting fronts there. So go check that out. FTNDaily.com, FTNBets.com, promo code MLB. That ends tonight. So this is a limited time sale. So get in on that before it is gone. All right, so let's get into that news I just mentioned. First and foremost, I mean, we have to talk about the fact that training camp could be delayed. This was what I was afraid of. With the NFL, seemingly, we don't know until we know And we don't know until the last second in a lot of these instances. So we're hearing from the Washington Post that owners may delay. It may be the owners who are doing this, not the players. And it really isn't, it it, it comes down to finances. So it's not what you would think it would be. It's coming down to the fact that there is a big gap between these two. Because obviously between the Players Association and the owners, that is. Obviously, revenue this year is not going to be the same. Obviously. It's not going to be the same. So that's going to create a major impact on the salary cap. And what owners are essentially suggesting is that that you spread that impact out over the next two years. Of course, players don't like that, as you would expect. Uh, But here's the gap. So the owners want to spread it out over 2020 and 2021. The Players Association would like to spread this impact out until 2030. <laughs> so we have a 10-year plan and we have a two-year plan. Ideally, they'll meet somewhere in the middle. I don't think this is going to be what like what we saw with the preseason, where the, the Players Association was like, no, we are not playing preseason games, and ultimately the NFL gave in. I don't see the owners giving in, but I also think that probably they're going to have to give a little bit more for this to happen. If If training camp is delayed by a week or two, I'm not actually really worried about that. One of the biggest reasons why they get them in and get ramped up so quickly is because the preseason starts almost right away. You know, you're in preseason games. Uh, They're in camp for what? Um, Well, the, the Hall of Fame game teams are in camp for, what, two weeks, roughly, before the Hall of Fame game, and then everybody else, so basically two weeks. If you delayed training camp by a week or two, it 
doesn't necessarily impact the start of the season. It could, but even if you're delayed by a week or two, you delay the start of the season by a week or two, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the only impact for us is that we wouldn't have fantasy championship right around Christmas time, which is typically where it falls. It, it would fall probably after the new year, but no big impact there. The Super Bowl gets pushed back. I mean, the Super Bowl should be President's Day weekend anyway. You need that Monday off. I mean, is that the most low-hanging fruit ever? <laughs> Seriously. So we'll see what happens there. Also, the specialized face shields for you know the COVID-19 face shields that were put in place uh they are not going to be mandatory. So there was a lot of pushback from players here. Some players, you know, are, are happy to wear it. Some players absolutely hate wearing face shields. So the players ultimately are going to, you know, get their way on that front. Uh, this is coming from NFL Network's Mike Garofolo reporting on that yesterday. So there we go with the face shields. I assume that some players will be wearing them, obviously. Uh, some players will not. So we'll see ultimately what ends up happening, uh, how many, what percentage of players are wearing them, etc. We don't know that information just yet. Uh, also, we do know officially at least for 2020 that Washington has a name, and that name is football team. And I know that a lot of people don't like this, but I tell you what, I'll be contrarian here. I think that's sexy AF, Washington fans. You just you don't even need a silly little nickname. I mean, I look at some of the other leagues throughout the world, and how many leagues call their their teams they name them after some silly animal or you know mystical creature. I know the Kraken. That that's kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie, that is kind of cool. But the Miami Dolphins. I mean, really. The, Sorry, Dolphins fans, but you named your team after a dolphin. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but just calling it the darn football team. It's the darn football team. That's not bad at all. Everybody's saying, oh, well, welp. No, that's actually pretty cool. We don't even need a nickname. We're a football team. That's what we are. I dig it. I actually really dig it. Um... So there you go. There's there's their name for now. It, it may end up being something in the long haul. I don't know. I always, you know, and I love when people say the New York Football Giants. I love that. I think that's awesome. So here we go. Washington. Uh, a couple notes on some running backs, like I mentioned. Josh Jacobs. This coming from Paul Gutierrez over at ESPN. Uh, the expectation is that Jacobs will see more involvement in the passing game. Uh oh. Really? Don't tease me. Don't tease me, because that's the one thing that's holding Josh Jacobs back from being a true top 10 guy in my rankings. Now, I will say this. When we're talking about beat reporters, when we're talking about guys who cover guys and gals who cover these teams, I kind of take what they're saying as, you know, I, I don't always, you know, just go overboard. And and if you're sort of new to me. Jeff Ratcliffe, that is, and you didn't follow, follow my previous podcast. Uh, well, in my previous podcast, I talked about what uh, I call the Roto World effect, and Roto World is something that is, you know, it is a place that's very near and dear to my heart. I worked for Roto World for a number of years. In when I was coming up in the industry, I learned so much in my time there. Got to work with Evan Silva, got to work with Adam Levitan, got to work with Chris Wessling, got to work with Pat Dougherty. 
uh, just a group of really smart football people and learned a ton. Roto World, very, very, very important to me. But there is this thing that happens when Roto World puts a blurb out. Roto World puts a blurb out, and this shows the power of Roto World, by the way. And people immediately not only react, but sometimes overreact to that blurb. So when Paul Gutierrez says this, he's he's basically, you know, he's he's saying he expects. He's not necessarily saying that this is 100% fact, and we can't really take it as that. So while this is certainly encouraging, I'm still not going to change anything on the projections front just yet. I don't ever like to take these things and go too far with them. But I will tell you, it makes me just a tad more confident in drafting Jacobs where I have him. So we'll see if they do expand. I mean, he was using the passing game at Alabama, so it's not. it wouldn't be a shocker. It's just weird when you have, you have Jalen Richard and then you draft Lynn Bowden, who isn't really a running back, but he's definitely a pass-catching option out of the backfield. He's a, he's a versatile, you know, uh, position-versatile weapon guy. Anyway, uh, also from ESPN, Jenna Lane saying that um, essentially she laid out what she expects for the backfield in Tampa Bay. And what we get here is Keyshawn Vaughn opening up as the backup. I don't think that's a surprise whatsoever. And this is the reason why I keep saying if you're going to draft him in round seven, realize you're probably not going to get much in September. But I do also think that Vaughn is a more complete player. I don't know if he's a more explosive. He's not a more explosive player than Ronald Jones. But he's a more complete player, and he has a fast track to get on the field. And ultimately, I mean, we've seen the inconsistencies of Ronald Jones. If he's inconsistent long enough, he's not going to hold that job. So I think this one's interesting. Keyshawn Vaughn, sit on him. You know, be prepared. You draft him in round seven. You're not going to get anything, maybe even until mid to late October. I've made this reference, and I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn is the next David Johnson. Let's be clear about that. But... Keyshawn Vaughn was a day two running back, a round three running back, and we saw Bruce Arians in Arizona take a day day two, round three running back in David Johnson, and in David Johnson's rookie year, they had CJ2K, they sat basically David Johnson, didn't use him that much over the first half of the season, but then they, they took the training wheels off, and then he became the David Johnson that we know down the stretch. I don't, you know, again, not comping Keyshawn Vaughn to David Johnson, but the script could be very similar here, where we don't get a lot of Keyshawn Vaughn early, take the training wheels off by the end of the year, and then we start to see him. You don't draft a running back in today's NFL in round three, day two, if you're just going to sit on him or or for depth or anything like that. You're going to use the guy. It may not happen right away but you're going to use the guy. So keep that in mind there with Keyshawn Vaughn. All right, so let's talk some player props here. I think player props are are so fascinating and I do think that we have to have a couple, you know, couple key points before we get into the actual numbers about player props. Like the first point that I always want to make about any sort of player prop line is that essentially these lines are not projections. A lot of folks will take Vegas numbers as projections, sportsbook numbers as projections. They are not projections. In fact, I have talked to folks who make these numbers, and they've told me flat out, they say, we get the number in an area where we think uh, is about right, and then we let the Sharps move the line. 
the sharps are the ones who are going to move the line. So ultimately, the final numbers are probably your most uh, your most interesting and insightful numbers. But the opening line numbers and even the mid mid range numbers uh, aren't always the most insightful. But the goal is, regardless, to get half the money on either side because with the juice, if the book is able to do that, then they're going to win no matter what, right? And then also, there is a psychological factor built into any sort of over-under plays that people love People love to bet two things. They love to bet overs, and they love to bet favorites, right? They're going to bet the favorite. They're going to bet the over. If you're new to betting or you know not that experienced, think about it. How often do you look at a line and say, oh, it's totally going over, or I'm definitely betting the favorite? Do you ever look at the underdog to bet to cover the spread? Uh, do you ever do you ever you know try and hammer the under as I always say? People often go the other direction psychologically. So that is baked into these lines as well, and it's something that we always need to consider. That being said, there are some times, and I'm going to mention a line here in a minute that that just seems really off, and and you can take advantage of those from a betting standpoint as well. But beyond the betting standpoint, maybe you're not in a place where you can legally bet. Maybe maybe you're um, maybe you're just not interested in that. Maybe you're just a fantasy guy or gal, and that's what you do. That's cool too. You can still use this information to your advantage. So let's start uh, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a guy who I've certainly talked a whole bunch about on this show, including yesterday. If you missed yesterday, I broke down the 20 rookies of 2020 that you need to know. And, of course, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the top of the list. But the line that I have here uh, currently, this one is over at DraftKings Sportsbook, is uh, 1,100 and a half total yards. So combined rushing and receiving yards, 1,100 and a half. And I think this is a really interesting line because it does certainly level set a little bit for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I've said... You know, numerous times that I don't expect it to be a big September. This is something you're going to hear me if you listen to me over the years. You hear me say this about rookie running backs every year at this time. I don't expect a big September, but I do expect him to take over in, in that backfield, especially as we get down the stretch, final eight games, give or take, final half of the season. That's where he's really going to assert himself. So while this number may feel a little low, I actually think it's pretty spot on. Current projections, just updated projections yesterday. Uh, current projections for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 1,076 total yards. So this is an instance where where we are on this uh, this line, we, we I mean, I'm 24 and a half yards under, but that's nowhere near enough for me to place a wager on this one. Uh, you know, for me, I, I need a little bit more of a buffer zone to actually place a, la- a wager. So I'm not going to touch it, but also the line does give you a really good indication. This is where the market is on Clyde Edwards Alaire. And I know a lot of people in fantasy are a lot higher on him, but just be careful. If you're drafting him in the second round, you are basically making a statement that he's probably your number one running back. He may be your number two. You go running back, running back if your board works out that way. But still, you're making a very strong case there, and you could very well be disappointed in September. Just saying. And while I don't think you're going to lose your your fantasy championship, you know, or your chance at getting into the playoffs in September, if you struggle out of the gate, let's say over the first four weeks, you're one and three. I, maybe you've been there before. I've been there before. That's a tough hole to get out of. 
It's not impossible. Fantasy football can change pretty quickly, but it's a tough hole to get out of, and I don't know if I want to dig that hole with a guy like him. Instead, I might be looking at a guy like David Johnson. It's not sexy at all. It is not sexy at all. But here's his total yard prop. 1,174 and a half. That's higher. He's got, what, 74 74 more yards on the line. And what's interesting is when I ran the numbers on David Johnson, I come out with 1,253. 1,253 puts you over. I would be tempted to bet the over on this one. I'm, I'm going to be reluctant to bet a lot of overs in, in a COVID year just because there's the chance that you know players could test positive and then they miss multiple games and then, boom, you're, you're kind of screwed. So a lot of times if I am betting season-long future prop bets for players, then I'm probably going to be looking at the under. Uh, so I pro- I don't know if I would place this one necessarily, but in, in a 16-game, if he gets 16 games, He's going to he's gonna go way over that. I mean, he could get close to that just in rushing yards alone because let's not forget that last year Carlos Hyde went up over 1,000 rushing yards in this offense, and I think David Johnson right now in his career, he is not peak-era vintage David Johnson, but he's certainly more than capable of putting up a little bit better numbers than Carlos Hyde last year. So I'd rather take him, and here's the thing. You take Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the second round, you take David Johnson in the third or even possibly fourth if people are down on him in your league that's a much better route you know again it's all about putting that value together Clyde Edwards-Alaire isn't a value in round two he may be in round three but he's almost never going to get there that's the unfortunate thing you know the 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 rookies you know rookies get this hype surrounding them and that's kind of where we are with with CEH so an interesting line there for David Johnson uh, we'll do another one, just rushing yards, and this one really stands out. This one's also over at DraftKings. Leonard Fournette, 850 and a half rushing yards is the line. It's minus 110 on either side of this. And this is one of those lines where I just have to scratch my head. 850 rushing yards? Was uh, was this line created, to whoever set this line... Uh, did they have Leonard Fournette on their fantasy team in 2018? Because that's what this feels like here. It feels like people are generally forgetting about last year with Leonard Fournette, and they're just defaulting to 2018. Leonard Fournette was really good last year, and and we're collectively, a lot of us, forgetting that fact. You know, think about it. This is a guy who was so heavily used in the passing game, and sure, Chris Thompson's there, Maybe he takes a little bit of work off of Fournette's plate in the passing game. Sure, I'm sure he does, as long as he stays healthy. Chris Thompson has shown recently that he can't stay healthy. So does Fournette catch 76 balls? No, but could he catch 50? Yeah. In fact, I'm projecting him over 50 right now. Uh, in terms of rushing yards, I mean, if Leonard Fournette goes out and has 230 carries, he's going to blow right by 850. Even if he had... 220, he's still going to be north of 850. You know, 220 carries, if you figure he goes about 4.1 per, he's going to be over 900. And I think he's going to see more carries than that. Think about it. Leonard Fournette, a team who didn't sign his fifth year, you know, they didn't they, they didn't uh, lock him up for the fifth year. They've been looking to trade him. This is the last year Leonard Fournette's in Jacksonville. And if you're an organization and you have a running back like him, who is obviously a workhorse, 
what are you going to do with him? Are, are you going to try and work in Raquel Armstead and, and get Chris Thompson involved in the run? Chris Thompson's not going to be involved in the run game. Leonard Fournette's going to see a ton of work. 850 yards. 850 and a half. I mean, that's an easy over. Uh, it, it It's an interesting one to throw out there, but I, I do think that the bigger picture here with Leonard Fournette is people are shying away from him and I don't think he should be. I don't think he should be at all. I think he's a perfect number two running back this year. All right, one more quick one, Lamar. Lamar rushing yards, the line currently at 919.5. And, and that may sound really ridiculously low for a quarterback who rushed for uh, over 1,200 yards last year. But, and this is an important takeaway here, they don't call it historic because it happens every year. We cannot simply expect Lamar Jackson to go out and put up 1,200-plus rushing yards, or even 1,100-plus rushing yards, or even 1,000-plus rushing yards this year. We can't just ink that in. Last year was historic. And the team also brought in J.K. Dobbins, who can take some of that workload off of Lamar's plate because, hey, if this team wants to win a Super Bowl, Lamar's a big part of that. And the more he runs the more open he is to getting hurt. Lamar is very good at at avoiding big hits. He is very good, but nobody out there is going to avoid him all the time. He's much better than somebody like Michael Vick, by the way. Much better at that. But you're not going to avoid it forever. So what I think is this line is actually spot on. I have met 926, so I'm just slightly over. I'm not going to play it. But I do think this is an important level set for us. I think the under may be a better play, even though I'm not going to play this line at all. This is an important level set. Historic doesn't happen every year, so just you can't expect that. And let's be let's be clear: 919 rushing yards is insanely high for any quarterback. It's still a monster number, but I know a lot of people see that and they they just think, oh, he's easy over. It's not an easy over by any means. Uh, and it's something we do need to, to to keep in mind with Lamar Jackson. I know a lot of people want to draft him. A lot of people want to draft him. Our best bet is to to fade those early quarterbacks, though. Fade those early quarterbacks. Get value later on. You're going to like your roster a whole lot more. So some interesting bets there. Uh, and you can always use these bets, these lines, to, to really feed into the mindset for fantasy football purposes as well. We'll do some more of that. Uh, on the show coming up as we work our way, hopefully, into training camp. Hopefully into training camp. By the way, coming up next week, we'll have some fun stuff on the show here. A lot of people have been asking for it, and I've been holding it in my back pocket. We have tears. Oh, yeah, it's tears week, and I'm not crying. There's no crying in fantasy football. I'm talking, I'm breaking down every position by tier. And really, that'll kind of feed into the earlier pods we did when we launched the show in terms of the overall state of the position, the draft strategy, where are the tiers, who's lumped together, how do we use those tiers to our advantage. So that all starts next week on the show. We'll roll through that straight on through next week, so we'll get you all set up across all four skill positions. Remember, FTN fantasy.com is where you get my draft board, where you get my rankings, all of that fun stuff. FTN Daily and FTNBets.com is where you get that MLB, 
that I talked about earlier in the show. Promo code MLB, that's for another roughly 24 hours you can use that thing before it goes away if you want to get 25% off on betting or DFS MLB content and advice and picks and all that fun stuff. Love, love, love what we have going on in the FTN network right now. In addition to that, you can help me out by reviewing the show on iTunes. Remember, if you're an iPhone user, the easiest way to do this, open up the podcast app, go to my show, scroll to the bottom, click the stars. It's really that easy. Of course, you could do it on your computer if you're uh, a desktop or a laptop user. However you, however you want to do it, man, just do it. I appreciate that. That helps the show out more than you know by reviewing it. Also, you can follow me on social media at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter and at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. I see you, Rat Pack. You get the priority, baby. You get the priority. All right. I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.